Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Journalist Talk. And today with me, I have Habiba. She's a social media assistant for CSUN, and she's also a grad student in the Mass Communication Program. Welcome, Habiba. Hi, V. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Habiba is a dear friend of mine. And before we start our conversation, can you give us a brief biography about yourself? Sure. Well, for starters, my name is Habiba, and I am, like you mentioned, a graduate student here at CSUN. I'm in my second year. Um, I'm set to graduate in May. I went to UCLA, uh, where I graduated with a comparative literature degree and a religion minor. I also worked as a photographer. Um, during my time there, I was a staff photographer, so I captured a lot of portraits, sports, a lot of happenings around L.A., And then once I graduated, I was able to focus more on the creative side of portraits and being able to just really delve into my creative just atmosphere, which is amazing. And then I also taught in, uh, in Egypt for a little bit. And then I decided to just combine both of those and go back on this journalistic trajectory that I'm trying to get back to. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing ever since, taking any opportunity that I can here at CSUN. I love that. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah. And tell me more about comparative uh, literature. I never heard of that. Yeah, you know, people used to make fun of me and say that I was an English major, and I was, I'd always be like, no, I'm not, I'm comparative literature. And then, you know, it's at the end, it's the same thing. <laughs> so basically, comparative literature is English, but you have to also study another language, uh, typically two, but you can have, like, different loopholes. So I chose French. I, like, learned the basics of French and tried to, like, read, you know, obviously I had some assistance because it's really hard to learn, a, like, a language in, like, three years. Um, but I also uh, studied Arabic and translation since I'm Egyptian. I like always like learning about like a lot of Arabic texts and just anything that re like resonates with my culture. Um, so that was really it for me. Just anything that had to do with literature and analyzing and being able to just create arguments. And part of the reason why I chose this major was because when I was um, a transfer student or even just like in high school, I really wanted to go to UCLA. And I just it was like my dream. And I wanted the kind of like the easiest way to get in but something that I knew I would find more fun and like kind of challenging and I felt like it was better than English me personally but then here I am now <laughs> yeah and how your religion minor came with it well I'm also since I was raised religiously too so I've always been really interested in religion and I've like I've always wanted to see what people have to say not only like in Islam like I am Muslim but everyone around who's like Christian and you know Buddhist or whoever there's just so many similarities and differences and I've always been so interested in seeing what people have to say and why things have come to be the way they are now based off of the texts that we have that are so so influential 2000 like years later or even more so it's really great to like learn more about it and see like just learn about people yeah and now you're doing mass communication in your grad program Is this just to tie up your interest in people or something? Yeah, I've always, like, journalism has always been such an important thing to me. And part of the mistake that I made when I was an undergrad was that I didn't study to be a journalist. So I kind of wanted to take another chance and really focus on that because I've learned there's so many things that, like, nuances in journalism people don't really necessarily think about. And there's, like, techniques and interviewing and learning about the, the people and the texts. And they're just, it's such a big you know realm of things that people don't necessarily like you know know so I think being able to study that and really tie in everything that I had learned so far and apply certain theories and everything that we're learning in our classes to real life things and interviews and being able to communicate with people is has been so great 
Yeah, I love that every time that we get off of class, we're like, damn, I didn't know that I could apply this for my life. And we're just like (laughs) analyzing everything around us. It'll like randomly pop up like six months (laughs) later. We're like, wait, I know this text or like and it's a theory you would never think you'd use ever. But it's like something that's so that has really shaped the world, like with critical race theory. You know, I'm studying like Orientalism. There's so many things that really give you insight on how people think. I think that's what's great. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like my keywords from this semester would be commodification Mm -hmm. and hegemony. 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 (laughs) Or the hegemony. Hegemony. Shout (laughs) out, (laughs) Take a shot every time you say hegemony. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How does your love for photography, like, came into your life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my dad, actually, he was not a photographer, but he definitely has an artistic eye. And growing up, he would always take pictures, um, not necessarily of me, but, like, you know, of our family. Even now, like, whenever we're together, he pulls out the phone and takes a selfie and does that whole thing. And so he would always just, like, tell me, like, you know, don't stand there. Like, the sun's behind your back. And then um, his dad had given him a camera um, that was a D- that was a just an SLR canon i still have i'm still not allowed to use it i think it's also partly broken but he won't give it to me Mm -hmm. um even after like seven eight years of experience but i just after that i just really love the idea of just like being able to capture and um another reason too is like i find the way that i express myself is through taking pictures either of me like if i'm doing like a you know self-portrait or of other people and I really wanted to, like, go into that more because, again, when I'm able to capture people, like, that to me is, like, you know, they're letting me in their world. And I'm just so drawn to what people have to say and just, like, the you know, there's so many people and, like, they have all these backgrounds. And so I wanted to be able to partake in that. Yeah. I love your photos. Thanks. <laughs> Fan number one since we took a class together on <laughs> photography. And you worked a lot as freelance phot- photographer, right? Yeah, I did. How was that experience? How do you find clients or people or subjects that you think that are worth it, your time and your camera? I've done a lot of different things, definitely. I maybe haven't, at least not lately, haven't been as consistent with photographing um, clients. And it's also such a skill to have, like, when you market yourself and you find people. And, like, people say, like, when you do a photography business, it's, like, 10% photography and the rest is all marketing or business. And it's, like, stuff you don't want to deal with. But the way that, you know, people would find me is, that, you know, for a while I did have, like, an Instagram for my for my photography and I did have Oh, I still do have a website. Now it has more, like, journalistic and, like, written pieces that I've incorporated as well. Um, So I have that. People would, like, know me word of mouth. Um, And, you know, just, like, you get to build that experience and network and people meet you when they want to, like, get to know you and see your work better. And I've I've been able to do really cool things. Like, um, I had my dad. He had a coworker who had a daughter who's she's kind of like an influencer, and she had I think done some work with like Nick Cannon and stuff. And she started a podcast, and they would do these things based off of like spirituality, and they bring people to like help with like kind of like um, acupuncture and tarot cards and you know crystals and stuff like that. And they, like there'd be certain things sponsored as well. So I would go and take photos for her for free. But then, like, if it was, like, a family photography thing or um, I've done a couple of weddings, baby showers, it just depends on what they're looking for. And, like, then I'll price it based off of, like, my experience compared to, like, L.A. But it's, like, usually in the hundreds, definitely. 
That is lovely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really hard to start like a business like that, like very young. Because people have that thing that they don't trust young people, but at the same time, they want us to have like 500 years worth of experience. And how do you think your photography was an influence to your work as a sports photographer at Ultimate Exposures? So Ultimate Exposures, <laughs> um, that was a wow, that was a while ago. <laughs> I know, LinkedIn is like. <laughs> oh my gosh, you get Girl, LinkedIn <laughs> is my source. You know when you go I like, was, like taking a peer reviewed, <laughs> peer reviewed sources. I was like, where <laughs> did she get this from? Ultimate Exposures was um, a place. It's here in the valley, and you know, I did. It was also different. It was different because we did have photographers, and I got to meet really cool people because there were some people who like you know had actually photographed concerts, and some others who were doing more freelance work, and then they were kind of doing this job kind of like on the side to just kind of help out with like certain bills and stuff and so you know I felt like like working in a place like that really helped out because before I was kind of like working on my own and just doing what I wanted to do and then like I learned structure from them and I hadn't learned that before like I just didn't really care but like you know there were certain like things that you had to do like before you leave make sure you take out the SD card put it in a Ziploc bag make sure production gets it and one time I had left my SD card in my camera and my boss you know she was interesting but she texted me in all caps like don't do that again <laughs> so I was like you know now I've learned like to be more like meticulous and more detailed that I've really like taken and focused on my work now because I feel like now I'm so attuned to details that like even if some I let something go I'm aware that it was let go like it's not like I'm oblivious to like my work or like what's being put out there and also another thing too we would get critiqued a lot every like basically every day that we would shoot and you know it say like needs improvement improvement whatever and it was annoying but at the same time, I was able to work in a really fast-paced environment with a bunch of kids and a bunch of moms. And, you know, parents, like, they're just, like, wanting to be – they want they want the, the best for their kids. But then I was able to do really good work fast, capture them really well, capture their team really well, and then just being able to communicate and, you know, do any other kind of work that I wanted to in terms of social work, you know, like being able to communicate. Yeah, that that's, that's amazing. Um, I think sports photography – is so it's one of the hardest I would say like for journalists because it's you have to get the right moment if you're like watching a match or something it's like the right moment and you have to get it but if it's like a portrait or something more flexible you can not manipulate but you can go back and redo it and go back and see like which angle is better exactly with, with the sports it's just like You'd go and you'd do it. I will say that this was more, you know, they were really, they loved my sports work because I had done that mostly at UCLA. This was more sports teams and being able to, this was portrait-based, but it was also really, really fast. Like, I feel like with sports, especially, so, like, I would do baseball shoots at UCLA, and I started out, I didn't know what an inning was. I kind of still don't, you know. Like, I still try to teach myself baseball. But when I was shooting, you know, you while you want, like, the specific action shot, at the same time, you you can redo that multiple times because the game goes on for, like, sometimes three hours or four hours. So you're not as, like, in a pressure, you know, you're not, you're not dealing with as much pressure as you are when you have parents and other kids 
like screaming and you're trying to keep your calm you know you have like sports fans screaming but that's different but yeah and i saw that you also worked as a multimedia assistant editor at the sundial (laughs) how was this job you know it was this is the first i think job that i had that you know and again this is just like building experience and taking whatever i can here (laughs) at csun but it was really cool because we were still able to do things for the publication posted on, on our socials because that was like the, the focus and we got to do some work with like especially when like COVID was still going on with like Omicron and then we had a piece on the gas prices you know rising and it was really cool to do not only like interviews with students and get to like know what they're thinking and but also like we got to showcase like certain resources that maybe students wouldn't have so it didn't allow me to be, again, more meticulous, but also, like, now I'm focusing on, you know, how can I convey news in a way that, like, people will want to, like, be, like, would want to watch it, you know? And, like, whether, like, if I had, like, something from a TikTok or something online, then I could incorporate that. I have to make sure to credit it. Like, there's other, like, things that you don't really think about, but it was really cool. And, you know, the team was, there. you know, the team was good. The team yeah. had... I think everyone was really talented and they all came with different strengths and we were able to do what we could with the time that we had. Yeah. Well, that shows ability to be able to do a lot of stuff with the time or the material that you guys got. Mm -hmm. And tell me a little more about the job that you're doing now. I know that you take photos, you write more news-like pieces, you do some TikToks. Yeah, I, there's just a lot that goes into it and I, I love it you know there are some days where I'm just like I feel like there's just so much that's going on um, but it's just something that keeps me going so basically I am doing social media for the university and I'm also so I'm basically running their Instagram their TikTok their uh, Twitter you know like all the social platforms but then we also have another component which is you know I have to caption right I photograph, I'm creating TikToks, I'm showcasing trends, curating feeds, I'm able, oh, I have meetings, like, daily, like, there's always something going on. We're always working with partners on campus to see how we can showcase their, you know, whatever they have in mind. Um, I'm able to also uh, really focus on, again, people, and and now I can use, like, my journalistic skills and work on, like, interviewing students of different ethnicities. So with every Heritage Month that's been happening, I've actually been really lucky to, like, be able to interview people and photograph them. And then we have, like, a segment on each uh, Heritage Month. So we did um, Latin, uh, Latino Heritage Month. I mean, some people say Latinx. You know, that's uh, that's a problem. <laughs> but Latinx slash O slash A month. We did um, Native American History Month. I'm now starting to work on Black History Month. We're probably going to do Pacific Islander and probably Women's, uh, Women's Heritage Month as well. Or Women's History Month, something like that. (laughs) There's a heritage in there, but there there we go. Yeah, so we'll probably do something for that as well. It's just been really great to interview people and again organize it. I've learned to be very fast now (laughs) because I don't really have the time. I can't afford time to just like sit around anymore. (laughs) But like with photography, then I'll photograph them quickly and then I'll also add a quote of like how they identify themselves. So like we had different people from the Native Americans who identified as Tongva people who are Hispanic who identified as sometimes um, Chicano or Chicana or, you know, Mexican, whatever nationality. 
um, hardly Hispanic. You know, it just depends on everyone's personal preference because every, you know, category is very nuanced. It's just an umbrella. Everyone has their own story and, like, their own identification that you want to showcase and talk about this, like, diversity and really be inclusive. Is... Arabic Heritage Month like a thing too uh, that think... you can work on because I'm not joking like you have the background because you and your family are from this heritage and you may like know other people on campus because we're a very diverse campus so is that something that you want to bring up to to your projects in your work? I mean I yeah I would but I don't think we have an official Arabic Heritage Month, but I think what we will do is I probably will do a piece on Ramadan because I did that last year for um, the sundial. I did like kind of like my personal, like how I deal with Ramadan because it's like you have long days, but you're fasting and you can't have any food or water for the whole day. So from like sunrise to sunset, you're just, you can't. So it's like really hard. You feel really, you feel really lethargic and really like you don't want to do anything. Like you just want to sit there in bed. And so I really want to maybe interview students on that, find Muslim students, but also um, again, Muslims. Not all Muslims are Arabs and vice versa. So it depends on like the approach I'm doing. I will say that the biggest thing I've had to take away from this is again not only just work, working fast and knowing what I'm talking about because I'm always put on the spot now like to the point like I'm never like nervous anymore because I always have to have some sort of an answer quickly but that you know you have to consider everyone because there will always be some sort of complaint or someone will always have something to say if you don't do it correctly so it means like if I'm going doing a heritage month piece I have to do my research and when you know when we posted the Latinx Heritage Month on CSUN's Instagram, there was a lot of backlash. People were really upset because they didn't like the idea that they were being categorized as being Latinx when they themselves categorized themselves as being Latino or Latina or even Chicana or whatever. But then it's like you have to approach it from like an academic setting as well. So it's like it's a, it's a discourse. Like you have to really think about how you're affecting people and if you're representing them properly. Yeah, that's that's incredible. <laughs> and you did a great job with that piece. Personally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and being you were the star. The <laughs> no, but you had handled- You stole my Instagram. Yeah. I, I took a screenshot, you stole my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's a lot of stuff that you have to deal with. And we're like thousands and thousands of students. It's normal to have a backlash or something. But people also have to understand that you're trying to get an umbrella because mm-hmm. also not every Hispanic is Latino and like so on it's crazy but you did a great job Thanks. as you did with the Native Americans <laughs> it was a very cool you piece. know it really makes it feel better that I have this validation from you because you know <laughs> I feel like you would tell me honestly like girl that wasn't <laughs> that was not right but <laughs> no yeah honestly it was just uh it was very similar to the the photograph piece that I did in our class when I got like yeah. photos of people and I put quotes about the theme. So it's a very cool concept that you can bring uh, something that would be more verbal, more video-like, and you bring to photo. Because sometimes like when you read like a quote, you imagine, oh, this person would be talking with this voice. Mm-hmm. So you bring like a lot of aspects into like one media, but you bring a lot of medias together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, yeah, now that I'm remembering, and I was featured in your piece as well, yeah. we've been featured in each other's pieces, but we, we, weren't, we weren't close then, but now we're like friends, so that's really cool. Yes, <laughs> I feel like we were friends just like Classmates. for the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
tell me now, this might be very controversial, but who do you prefer, CSUN or UCLA? <laughs> okay. I actually say this to people all the time now. Like, I am so thankful to have gone to UCLA, but they did not help me with finding a job, and I really struggled getting what I wanted. And I think CSUN has been amazing. Like, the people in my cohort have been really great. And, like, just, you know, the students, everyone I've met has been so incredibly nice. And I was just telling this to someone earlier. I actually met her for the Black Heritage Month that I'm doing. And she was telling me, or I was telling her that, you know, UCLA is, from my perspective, very competitive. And people only want what's best kind of for themselves. And and it's like not it's not an Ivy school it's not really elite either but it's like it's up there you know it's it's top and I guess the people who go there like think highly of themselves and will take any opportunity that they can get and when I come here I see that there's so many people who do such amazing things um, who get really cool opportunities and they're all really talented and I'm like okay well these people are just as amazing you know but they're not in a very like negative headspace they'll help people out and I think that's so important I think I spoke about this a couple of episodes ago with a friend of mine if I'm not mistaken but I can be <laughs> how season is very like diverse and welcoming place and even more like our department that we can like meet people and everybody's all up to help each other we're not like hey I want your job so I'm not gonna be your friend I'm not gonna help you we're always like uh, pushing each other to like the max that they can be and I think that's very interesting there's nothing like you're not gonna you know there's no throwing under the bus like everyone is genuinely like kind of like a family honestly like and I didn't really expect that going on I did not think I was gonna make any friends going into this program and I've made a, I made a lot of friends you know like and like really close friends like I would have never imagined and I didn't, when I went to UCLA, I didn't make any friends. And I dormed there and everything. And the one friends, the friends that I do have now, one of, you know, she was my friend from childhood. And the other one, I knew her from photography, like when we were doing the paper. But we still don't talk like every day, you know. So it's like, it's, it's, I just know that like when I graduate, I'm going to have such a great group of people that like I feel we all just connect so well even if we have like issues or things or not we're not seeing eye to eye on it's just positivity never like any sort of angst that's true mm -hmm. there you go and earlier you touched bases on you being trilingual speaking english french arabic and you also taught um in egypt did you teach english i there? did te teach english to 11th and 12th grade yeah Damn. <laughs> I it's things that we learn every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's also it's such a crazy story, but it was a really interesting experience. But I I could have continued doing it, but then it just wasn't for me at the time. I would do it again definitely, um, but I was like, you know what? And then I kind of decided I wanted to go to grad school anyway, and just kind of really focus on journalism and kind of just combine education and photography and writing and just do one <laughs> one thing but yeah, I did teach there for a while yeah and in your future do you plan to use your ability of speaking various languages with your photography journalism literature religion photography <laughs> background <laughs> I mean you know it's like the 
jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. I think the one, the two things that I genuinely master, maybe three, speaking English, writing, and photography. All the other stuff, like the video and this, you know, I'm just scraping. I'm just trying, you know. But I definitely think it'll always be, you know, associated in my life. Like, especially the visual aspect of it. Because even if I got back into education, I would probably somehow teach photography or still work as like a tutor oh I've worked as a tutor too so like work as a tutor on the side or like you know there'll always be something that draws me to all of these things even if I'm doing like a side project but my goal or like my hope in the future is that I'll be able to do this stuff when I graduate and just combine and just work as a journalist or even now just marketing and social media social media is actually really cool It, it does combine all those things together so (laughs) <laughs> but what's your um ultimate dream job that you want to get after <laughs> conquering literally all these things that we are talking about i want to you're not gonna believe me but i want it to be like a pop star <laughs> i believe because before we start recording this habiba was like can i record a song can i sing here in this place like yeah i wanted to be a pop star growing up i still do it's still like in the back of my mind and I think I can come up with really cool songs. I'm just not the best at production. No, I mean, I'm okay. I'm pretty good at singing, but I'm not. And I'm good. I'm great at songwriting, but I'm not. I'm horrible at production. So that's not going to happen anytime soon. Can you sing for us? Absolutely not. I can sing. Uh, I can hold a note. I can sing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Am I allowed to put this in the yeah. podcast? Wait, okay. let, me, let me do another note then. Uh, uh, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> Too much pressure. Too much. Nobody, please say anything about Habiba singing. <laughs> she, <laughs> she gave us a little snip of her capabilities, and I think that we should just like <laughs> encourage her to live her dream no. of to be a pop star. But you know, in terms of media, genuinely, my goal was to be a broadcaster, which is ironic because I have no broadcasting experience. I just have, I just talk a lot sometimes. I mean, depending on the day, I just talk a lot. And then, like, I don't have any sort of real, I don't I do not do any of that stuff. But my goal was to always work somehow as, like, a, you know, um, like, Good Morning America and all that stuff. Even though didn't the host have, like, an affair or something like that? I don't want that. I just, I just want to I just want to report the news and interview people. <laughs> and you never thought of doing, like, journalism? Uh, maybe starting, like, a second BA or something? I am thinking about starting, like, a digital magazine. Does that count? <laughs> I mean, for, like, studying that. Well, no, because I feel like, regardless, I don't have the broadcast experience, but mass communication is the journalism department, just for graduate students. So, like, regardless, I still got to do the journalistic aspect. I just don't have the specific tailoring for the broadcasting. But, yeah. But you're doing great. Thanks. You know, (laughs) this is the start of my broadcast journey. (laughs) Welcome to your broadcast life, Habiba. This is the start. It starts here on Journalist Talk. So I'm going to be singing, and then I have my broadcast as well. Yes. So anyone has, you know, any recruiters out there, hire me for both. (laughs) And how about personal projects? Do you have anything, like, with photos or any other broadcasting aspect that you want to start besides your songwriting? Well, songwriting, I have two songs out. Like, I know you don't believe me, but I do. <laughs> and I have songs I really want to write. I just, like, I can't produce them right now. It's just, like, it's it'd be too complicated. Maybe in the break or something. Like, I, I taught myself guitar when I was in high school or, like, right after I graduated because I wanted to play, like, Alice Cooper. <laughs> so, basically, like, I learned the chords, you know, we'll play some G in there and stuff. Um, so, besides songwriting, 
Um, like I said, when I'm starting my thesis, I do want to start a digital magazine. So I want to focus on photographing women, specifically women who wear the hijab and why they choose to wear it or why they don't. Um, and then also kind of incorporate all these unique mediums, these like multimedia mediums, because I think we'll also add a, a video to that. And this will all be like on a website. And then another thing that I want to do is just really grow my TikTok and just do more voiceovers. Like this is a, in the day of my life right now. Like, you know, what? I'm going <laughs> to let's do my to like a video, you know, we have let's the do computer. one right now. <laughs> Here's we're recording live for Habiba's yes. <laughs> TikTok. So people can see, you know, I had a very eventful day. I was also also move, you know, return a mattress. It's like stuff like that, you know. So um, I feel like something like a TikTok or just being able to focus on photography, product photography, just getting better at that. And just really expressing myself any way I can. And what is your favorite work that you've ever done? I definitely think the social media work is up there. Um, but I also did this uh, NPR's Next Generation. And while the process itself was really stressful because they hadn't worked with like a photographer, I don't think before, or like maybe I was like one of the first ones, I got to really learn like the, you know, just journalism, interviews. Like I'm just yeah being able to like focus on climate change and how to capture that and I got to like figure it out on the spot actually it's a really interesting story because tell me yeah I was looking for surfers and I I literally drove out to Santa Monica at like maybe eight in the morning and then I missed them all because they go super early I think they go to Huntington too I couldn't find any and then I found some guy randomly because I went I was trying to go to this kayaking spot that UCLA has in Marina Del Rey and I went there and I saw a surfer and I asked him if I could interview him. And it was like the right idea. We were going to talk about how climate change affected surfing. And then the my mentor at the last minute was like, no. And I was like, why? Like surfing? Like I was going to go out and take photos in the ocean. It was going to be really fun. And then she's like, no, like focus on something else. So on the spot, since I live in Santa Clarita and we get a lot of fires, we haven't gotten any this year, but in general, we get a lot of fires. We always have a lot of horses and a lot of people who own these horses and like kind of like mini ranches. So they have to evacuate them. And so a lot of animals get trapped because of, like, the fumes and the fires in general. So I got to interview her, and she has a business that she hauls horses. And she does these efforts, her and a bunch of people, for free. And getting to know her and what she does and being able to, you know, come take photos of her and of the pigs and, you know, some doggies in there. The horses at that day, I think, had some shots taken. So it's, like, fun. Like, you get to really, like, live the life of someone for one day. I got to interview scientists here like who study cancer, and I'm like, I don't know anything about science. I've never worked in a lab, but I felt really cool for, like, an hour. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, That's good. one hour. Yeah, and there is, like, any project that you didn't enjoy that much or that it ended up being, like, a whole bloopers type of thing because it didn't work out. It was... I wouldn't say there's a specific project, but I think from... And every single project is always something that you hate doing or something does not work out. And maybe just me, nothing usually works out in my favor. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, even just finding people, like, if you're not finding people or they're not giving you responses, like, it's so easy for someone to be like, I don't want to do this. And then they don't have to follow through. And they have the right to. So, But when you have a deadline and you have people waiting on you and certain things you have to come up with on the spot, like, you know, it's such a challenge. I get really stressed, but it's also, like, I always like a challenge. So I think just being able to find people and also 
difficult people, people who don't like what you wrote about them, even though it's factual. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I know what I did. I'm amazing. But, like, I record everyone. When I'm doing interviews, everyone's recorded. So, like, wh- if I'm transcribing what you said directly and you don't like what I wrote, then that's a problem. <laughs> then you're not saying it correctly. So, because it's like, you know, I, I tend to use a lot of quotes, too, whenever I get the chance to write. I'm not, you know, I don't think I have the right to really skew what someone else is saying or even paraphrasing it because it will get lost in translation. So, you know, uh, the quotes that you're telling me directly. <laughs> People say right stuff to Habiba. <laughs> yes. Don't don't spend like a half hour talking just to hate everything that was said. Like that's think about what you're going to say. <laughs> there you go. There you the go. The advice for everyone. Be factual. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> and now I have like two questions that they would be kind of like a fun fact type of moment. <laughs> hey, icebreakers. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's an icebreaker. Um <laughs> What is your favorite and your least favorite uh, photography gear? Oh, that's interesting. Thank you. <laughs> I came up right today. That's really fascinating. I mean, I like the camera. <laughs> that's my favorite gear. Okay, I'll tell you what I think does enhance a photo and what doesn't. I like flashes and I like reflectors, but I don't like carrying flashes, especially strobes. <laughs> like, I think... If I could find a way to have a strobe, not a flash, like a big giant strobe, and I can, it doesn't take up space, I don't have to carry it anywhere, then that would be best, I think. Because, like, even when I do these interviews next semester, and like I'm finishing up the program, I do want to get these huge lights that I'm, like, you know, putting on people so I can, you know, um, I forgot what they're called, but, you know, they're just like spotlights, basically, and they're so big, and I have no place to put them, so. <laughs> It's something like that where I'd want something to be like more compact to carry it around and stuff. Okay. And okay, our last question we're reaching the end of our conversation today. Can you give an advice for people who is in grad school right now or just achieved their first job that they feel like they are doing something that they really enjoy and that they want to do that in the future? Any advice? I I thoroughly believe that if you're doing something you love, it won't feel like you won't even feel the time. Like it, it's going to be a lot of hard work. You're always going to like really spend long hours, but if you do something you genuinely love, you won't feel the time. And I think that's that's great because like you want to put all you can into something that you love and like it, I would say something like don't get something you don't genuinely appreciate or you don't see it will help you out in the future but genuinely do something you love, something that you look forward to doing every day, even if it's a passion project, you know, something that encourages you. Yeah, I would follow her advice because it was the first time in this conversation that Habiba was very serious. So, (laughs) yes, (laughs) follow this advice. It's like actual. Was I really being silly this whole time? (laughs) I love that. I love our conversation, Habiba. Thank you so much for coming. I had such a great time talking to you here in the podcast and for everybody listening i'll see you guys in the next episode